We are guest-free today, so we'd love to get you in here. I feel like we've laid everything out, right? 405-329-9000. That's 405-329-9000 on the Air Comfort Solutions. I'm sorry, on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. If you want to get in here the old-fashioned way, you've earned it by picking up the phone and calling us. Or uh, the new way. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439, or on Twitter.com. He's at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Did I miss anything else too exciting yesterday, Josh? No, it was Jimbo and St. Nick that stole the headlines. I mean, it was it was that. You know, the prevailing thought in by some, and I see this on our text line right now, well, Jimbo hasn't. Jimbo and Texas A&M haven't done anything wrong. They're just playing the game. Okay, well, they might be, but they also might not be playing the game. I mean, it kind of depends on if it's, you know, through a collective and it's over the course of your your college uh, experience. Paying $200,000 or whatever amount in saying if you sign here on the dotted line, that is against the letter of the law right now. Sure. That is not just playing the game. That's against the rules. And there, to me, I, you know, I saw, gosh, why don't I just, Josh Pate was saying they're pretty much fighting over the same thing. Well, I mean, somewhat. I understand his logic and reasoning behind it, and I think it makes some sense. But the reason why this has become what it is is because of Jimbo Fisher's presser. The reason that, you know, um, the first take is actually dusted off Paul Feinbaum and put him behind that goofy-looking mic is because Jimbo Fisher reacted the way he did. If Jimbo Fisher doesn't react and have that scorched-earth presser, then this probably is a college football story, right, where all of us nerds that cover college football and talk about it 24-7, 365, we – we, we debated, was, Jim, was Nick right? Should Jimbo have said anything? But Jimbo Fisher comes out and lays the wood like he did, or at least attempted to, and suddenly it becomes more than a college football story. This becomes, all right, this is juicy. This is what I'm talking about. That's what you get. Okay, I want to roll through. Now, we have one game underway in softball. In fact, Stephen B.A. checked in watching Michigan versus South Dakota State, listening to Nicole Mendez. Man, she's good. Just wanted to give her a shout. Yeah, Mindy and Sierra Romero got a great opportunity uh, as they were put for the first time. I mean, imagine your first ever broadcast on TV, essentially, on a major network is postseason. That's pretty awesome. So uh, ESPN giving some analysts a shot, and it's good to see Nicole getting that opportunity. She's earned it. Well-deserved. Aaron Miller, who was on with us on Tuesday of this week, Aaron is doing uh, the Norman Regional. So I figured, figured, Josh, we'd hit every single regional pretty quickly here and then spend some time right after the bottom of the hour on the Norman Regional and talk about uh, Oklahoma, Prairie View, A&M, Minnesota, and Texas A&M. Is it good to hit everything else first? Sure. Yeah, let's let's go around the horn. So – here we go. When you think about the way to do this, I want to go with who would play Oklahoma next. So let's talk about that aforementioned Orlando Regional. South Dakota State and Michigan are playing as we speak. That game is scoreless early on. Uh, Villanova is the four seed. They'll play the top seed, UCF. 
UCF is hosting a regional for the first time in their history. They have some impressive wins this year. They took a series from Wichita State. They have a win over Virginia Tech. They beat Nebraska, Texas, and Georgia as well. Jada Cody is an outstanding leadoff hitter. 12 bombs this year. Um, and Gianna Manka is their stand. I believe it's Manka is how you say her name. Leads them in innings and has a 1.73 ERA. The fascinating thing about this regional is how good Michigan was down the stretch of this season. Because it was, I mean, let's face it, it was a team that was pretty much forgotten about at one point in the season. They they had struggled on the road. They lost some, some head scratchers and lost. I mean, they lost to Miami of Ohio earlier this year at home. They lost a series to Nebraska and then got smoked by Northwestern. But after winning that Friday game against Northwestern, they bounced back a bit. They won their series over Minnesota, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Maryland. They uh, made it to the finals of the Big Ten Championship. They're really – they're peaking at the right time, I guess, is the best way to put it. And they've got a really good two-headed monster in the circle, and Alex Duraka and Megan uh, Boybin. So, to me, they're a problem. And Michigan's already played UCF this year. Wolverines won that game – Six zip down in the St. Pete Clearwater Classic. But, Josh, do you expect any surprises out of the Orlando Regional where maybe a Michigan could find their way? And I don't even know if really that would be much of a surprise. No, I, I don't think it would be. I think uh, it, it will be either UCF or Michigan. I think those two are clearly on a collision course for the regional championship there. And no, I, I don't. I wouldn't classify it as much of a surprise if Michigan were to emerge from that regional. I'm picking UCF, but it's it's not going to be a shocker if it's Michigan. Here's the biggest challenge with this regional: there is a threat of rain today, tomorrow, and Sunday, and on Monday. So I, I saw Justin uh, Justin McLeod actually tweeted out like the process they would go through because you know you have what three regionals being hosted in Florida. And weather could play a part in all three. So we'll keep an eye on that. UCF will play here in just a bit whenever they start things against Villanova. They are just underway between South Dakota State and Michigan. Bottom of the first, still a scoreless game. All right, let's move on. From the Orlando Regional to Evanston, Illinois, where Michelle Gascoigne in Northwestern is the one seed. They get Oakland, Notre Dame, McNeese State. Now, a quick blanket take. I think every single one of these regionals has a two or three seed that could emerge. And this is no different. Notre Dame has some big wins this season. Duke, LSU, and Texas. Um, And they beat Northwestern. So there is a chance that Notre Dame could could get a shot to, at the very least, tomorrow, push Northwestern to an elimination game. But in what Danielle Williams has done this year for Northwestern, she has been fan. Fantastic. The Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. They also have the Big Ten Player of the Year in Rachel Lewis. Williams has a 1.53 ERA, 287 strikeouts. Lewis has hit 20 home runs, 52 runs batted in, and hits over 350. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know much about Oakland. I've seen McNeese State this year. They're not very good, but I think Northwestern Notre Dame is going to be a fascinating game tomorrow at uh, noon in their winner's bracket game. Anything here that caught your eye from the Evanston Regional? Northwestern, obviously, you know, arguably maybe the best team in the Big Ten. 
Nebraska would be in that conversation as well, along with Michigan. Uh, you think you think Notre Dame serious run for the money? I like Notre Dame a lot, and I didn't. You know, there's uh, for instance Chet Holmgren. Let's make this about the NBA. We had the dude that was texting. He's like, you're crushing Chet Holmgren. He's great. He's going to be a rock star. I went back, watched a little more. No, no, he's not. I think he's terrible. Now, he's not obviously terrible, but I think as a translation of the NBA, I wouldn't take that risk in number two, but that's me. Hopefully Orlando does in one. Notre Dame, not a fan of. Wasn't really impressed with their resume. Talked to a few people this week. They really seem to like Notre Dame. And they're people that have watched them a lot and not homers. So I'm starting to buy into them a little bit. Let's shift to Tempe for your late-night viewing tonight at 7 o'clock. you get LSU and San Diego State. Then later on this evening, 9.30 first pitch for Cal State, Fullerton, and Arizona State. Arizona State is the one seed in this regional, and they got hosed. They got hosed. I mean, this is the biggest mistake that the selection committee made. Arizona State should have been the six, if not the five. They won the, they won the Pac-12 this year. They won the Pac-12 title and won series over Washington and UCLA. But, listen, they're still in a position to host a Super Regional, but it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The player to watch here is Sidney Sanders, 417 batting average. Um, this is the team that went on a 20-game winning streak uh, against Gabby Plain. She hit two bombs. She's really good. But here, Josh, is where this – you kind of throw your hands up. They put a really good LSU team in here as the two seed. Georgia Clark, uh, dangerous. Um, I just, they have some big-time upset potential. San Diego State, though, has Mac Barbara. She was a freshman that came out of nowhere. Uh, she was the Mountain West Player of the Year. Uh, Cal State Fullerton was actually okay whenever I saw them, and Cal State Fullerton actually beat San Diego State earlier this year. So, LSU-San Diego State is going to be fun. Cal State, Fullerton, Arizona State. Josh, I feel like the committee really, really hamstrung uh, Arizona State and putting them in a very tough regional. Well, and what do you think if Northwestern comes out of that Evanston regional? Tough super regional matchup for Arizona State? Oh, I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about that. I don't think that you can get too terribly caught up in the, the, the super regional and who you're going to face next debate. I know that's kind of a, a, a corny way to look at it. But when you're thinking about getting to the super regional, Northwestern Arizona State is probably among the best potential super regional matchups you're going to get. And that's who, yeah, that's that's who would match up with Oklahoma in the College in the, World, the World Series, Series, right? Yeah, first game. Dude, I'm telling you right now. It would not surprise me at all if we see upsets everywhere, which gets me right to somehow, some way, UCLA, as they always do, hosting a regional. Even though the number five Bruins have not necessarily played consistently well this year. Brianna Perez is the Big Twelve or the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Megan Ferriamo is back, though. Remember. She was outstanding last year but missed the World Series because of an injury. And they rode her like they did Rachel Garcia last year. 
This is an interesting regional, though. You get UCLA, Grand Canyon, Ole Miss, and Loyola Marymount. LMU, Loyola Marymount, uh, and Ole Miss play first tonight at 6.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Then you get Grand Canyon and UCLA tonight at 9.30 on, on ESPN+. Plus. But, Josh, Loyola Marymount might be one of the better teams I saw Oklahoma play in the early season. I don't know how else to explain it, but I remember coming away from that game. It was the first game of the year that Oklahoma didn't run rule. And I remember thinking to myself, dang, that's a that's a pretty good team. I bet we hear about them later in the year. They threw um, they threw Polina Johnson against OU, and then they went to the, uh, the, the, the pin and brought in Jenna Perez. They were really good against OU earlier this season. But – We'll see if they can get anything done against Grand Canyon U. Which, by the way, the uh, the fascinating note about – wait, hold on here. What am I talking about, GCU, against uh, UCLA? The fascinating note about this – no, 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 I'm wrong. Loyola Marymount gets Ole Miss, Grand Canyon U gets UCLA. I apologize. The fascinating note about this is the team in the college World Series that had the biggest year-to-year jump was Grand Canyon State. They won – or Grand Canyon. They won 20 more games this year than they did last year. And there is an Oklahoma tie on Grand Canyon State. Kinsey Kelso transferred from OU. She has started every game for GCU this year. She's hitting 333 at seven home runs and 28 runs batted in. So um, I like Ole Miss. I like Loyola Marymount. But I I do think they gave UCLA a little bit of a pass with how they, they juiced up this, this regional, Josh. I don't think there's too much beef here. Uh, I think I think UCLA might have like a two-zip, three-one game, but I think they're going to roll out of this regional. Do you think – I mean, you probably know better about Duke. I mean, I'm just – it's hard for me not to project forward a little bit into the Super Regionals. Sure, to go me, ahead. To me, it looks like they're on cruise control to the Women's College World Series. UCLA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not, you know, because that Durham Regional, which is in the bracket there, which gets underway uh, here in 30 minutes, Liberty and Georgia will play on ESPNU, and then UMBC, who came to Oklahoma a few years ago, takes on Duke. I, I like Duke, but, I mean, this is essentially the same thing we saw last year. Last season, Duke was awarded a national seed, but they had to travel to Athens and still play Georgia. Why? I need to talk to Allison Fanning about this. But it was a facilities issue. It they they didn't feel like they could host. Now fast forward a year, they've um, they've juiced up their facilities a bit, and Duke is actually able to host. So will this be a different year? It's a Duke team that's forty-one-eight overall. Uh, Peyton St. George, really solid pitcher. 171 strikeouts this year. But, I mean, Georgia mashes, dude. Sarah Mosley, 430 average, 17 bombs. That should be fun, but I'm with you. I feel like that's a fairly paved road for UCLA right now. All right, let's get through the other two regionals on the OU side of the bracket when we come back, and then we'll just race through the opposite side, starting with what I think could be a scary weekend for Florida State in Tallahassee. But we're talking about Washington and Arkansas coming up next. All right, let me hit the rest of these regionals real quick. Um, Scoreboard update, still scoreless, bottom of the second between Michigan and South Dakota State. Uh, We'll get to Clemson in just a bit. I have 
Oh, okay. I got an update. I um, I mentioned that it was unique, Josh, that Duke was able to host this year but wasn't last year. And I mentioned how we needed to reach out to Allison Fanning, who longtime video coordinator for Sooner Softball um, and friend of the show. Well, actually, through an intermediary, somewhat intermediate, intermediary, intermediary. Well, her mom was listening and said, Allison, Plank needs you now. And what did Allison Fanning do during the break, Josh? She texted us. Duke is able to host this year because of COVID. Last year, they weren't picked as a school that could accommodate all the guidelines. Plus, <laughs> I don't think the university ever wanted it. There you go. Because you got to remember, there were some schools where, I mean, we're a year removed from where you were tested every single day. I mean, we're less than a year removed from a team that couldn't play in a College World Series game in baseball because of COVID issues. I, I'm not going to lie. Completely forgotten about it, Josh. But Duke kind of said, listen, we're not not going to do it. Not going to do it. We can't. We can't. Uh, because you had to have testing sites. You had to have uh, everything on site. So that makes sense. Meanwhile, Georgia was like, we'll do it. Next thing you know, they end up in the Women's College World Series. <laughs> they can work out okay for Georgia. But that is why Duke couldn't host last year and Georgia is hosting this year. Solving mysteries on the show, Josh. It's what we do. And thank you for checking in. Appreciate that. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Allison's mom. Uh, The Seattle Regional. Now, we've gone through the – we we didn't really talk and and aren't going to talk here about Oklahoma. We'll do that after the next break. But we've talked about Orlando, Evanston, Illinois, Tempe, Los Angeles, uh, and, and just before the break, we were talking about Duke. The other two regionals on that side are Washington and Fayetteville. Now, I am not trying to get too carried away here, but I think that might have the potential to be an under-the-radar outstanding super regional matchup between Arkansas and Washington. The crazy thing here is – Neither host was done too many favors. Now, I'm not big on thinking Texas is elite. But at 4.30 today, they get Weber State on the Longhorn Network, and then Lehigh and Washington will play tonight at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. But I thoroughly expect Washington and Texas to get after it. Washington features Bailey Klingler, the Pac-12 Player of the Year, and Gabby Plain, who has been fantastic, uh, 2.02 ERA. But she's been on fire down the stretch for the season. Uh Texas, I mean, listen, we're we're not even a week removed from Mike White getting tossed out of a game, and we're just 10 days removed from them giving up 17 runs to Baylor. Interesting. Um, but, again, it's always funny when you read anything on Texas. It's like, well, they did beat Oklahoma. And Haley Dolcini was amazing that day. So, Washington State tonight – or Washington tonight against uh, Lehigh. I, I – Firmly expect Washington and Texas tomorrow. I don't know about you, Josh. I think Washington might cruise through this. Yeah, you know, the the pitching that they have is such an advantage. And then, again, you start forecasting forward. How about that? the Fayetteville Regional? Let's, let's jump into let's it. Let's shift into it, yeah. You know, projecting forward, it looks like it's probably Washington, Arkansas, and that should be one of the tastiest, I think super regional matchups of any, but Arkansas, to me, they didn't get any favors as the number four seed with what they've got in Wichita State and Oregon. Mm. 
I agree. I mean, listen, that Wichita State-Oregon game tonight at 7.30 on ESPN+, Plus. that's a must-watch game. Oregon and Missy Lombardi lost their best pitcher in the preseason. Um, I know that I know that we don't need any refresher, but Wichita State can straight up mash. They've got the nation's leader in batting average, and Sidney McKinney and Barnard leads the country in home runs. And, you know, again, Oregon had a lot of bells this year, but I love it, Josh. I love the way you're thinking. And Delsey, the Tulsa transfer for Arkansas has been fantastic. But big moment. I mean, you're in the postseason now. Big moment. Time to step up. Shifting to the other side of the bracket, we go to Blacksburg, maybe the least talked about good team in college softball. Virginia Tech opens up this afternoon at 1 o'clock against St. Francis. Then at 3.30, it'll be Miami of Ohio versus Kentucky. You know, Kentucky was a top-10 team when Oklahoma went in there and humbled them, and they haven't really bounced back, but they played a little better down the stretch. Kayla Kowalik, their catcher, is an outstanding leader. We'll see if they can get something done. I don't really have much to add on that except – I think Virginia Tech should roll, but I could see Kentucky pushing them to the brink. Keely Richard is a stud. Stud. But she's one dog, and they don't have a ton of – I like Emma Limley. I'm not as as sold on her as I am Richard, but we'll see. We'll see when it plays out. Gainesville, the big story is weather, like it is in Tallahassee, like it is in Orlando. 80% chance of rain all weekend long. Wisconsin, Georgia Tech, the first game at 1 o'clock this afternoon on the U. Then Florida gets Canisius. Um, a lot of people have started to say Florida could be where McKenzie Donahue ends up, Josh. 17 consecutive tournaments in Florida has hosted a regional. Remember, Wisconsin came to Norman a couple of years ago, not very full of fanfare, and pushed Oklahoma to an elimination game in their regional. Sure they did. Um, I think Florida's okay. i Listen, they got upset last year when they were at home against Georgia in the Super Regional. Uh, they've kind of hit a skid recently. But they've got some ballers now. But I think I think Wisconsin's going to provide a few issues. You notice things haven't been the same since a certain Jen Rocha came to Norman for that pitching staff, Josh. That's a very true point. <laughs> Absolutely. Almost like she's really, really good at her job. To the Knoxville Regional, if there is one team. Oh, wait, hold on. Did I Did we get into the Super side of that? Um, because that would be – no, 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 no. The Virginia Tech opponent would be Florida. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you see in that super regional potentially? Right. I mean, if you go according to seeding, yes, I think that's how it'll play out. And to me, there's three teams you feel great about getting to the Women's College World Series, and I toss UCLA in just because I I don't think their path is all that difficult. But Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, and Florida State. I mean, those those three feel like they've really separated themselves – I agree. All right, real quick, the other part of that bracket would be Tennessee as the 11th seed hosting Campbell, Oregon State, and Ohio State. Alabama as the 6th would host the Super Regional. They get Chattanooga, Murray State, and Stanford. Just to try to uh, get through this real quick, Tennessee is the most impressive team I've seen this year. Outside of Oklahoma, Tennessee is the most impressive team I've seen this year. Uh, Kiki Malloy is legit. She's there. Well, she was hitting lead up when we played them. Uh, Rodgers is legit in the circle. Josh, I don't just think that Tennessee is going to advance out of its own regional. I think they've got a chance in an SEC matchup against a suddenly struggling Alabama team. I think they've got a chance to punch a ticket to the Women's College World Series. I think Tennessee could be a sleeper team this year. 
So you you like Tennessee to advance, obviously, out of the Knoxville Regional and then push and perhaps bounce Alabama in the Supers. Alabama, for some reason, their hitting has gone in the tank. The, the last time that they scored three or more runs in a game came on April 24th when they beat Texas A&M 4-2. That was after they had lost in run rule fashion 9-1 against Texas A&M. Listen to their last stretch. They lost to Western Kentucky 3-1. They got beat by Missouri. Ended up winning the series, though, even in controversial fashion, 3-1 and 3-1. And they got shut out by Missouri in the SEC region, or the SEC tournament. It's been a rough road for Alabama. But you're right. If they get their hitting figured out, look out. Speaking of upsets, I'll be quick here. Oklahoma State, Nebraska, North Texas, Fordham. I really think Nebraska's going to push Oklahoma State. But I'll tell you what, if Morgan Day pitches like she did against Oklahoma, Josh, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to beat Oklahoma State, not just in that regional, but maybe in that super regional where the other side of it is Alabama – or excuse me, Clemson, Auburn, Louisiana, and North Carolina, Wilmington. I think Oklahoma State advances, but I think Nebraska pushes them. What do you think about the other side of that where Clemson – that honestly I've only watched play once this year, but it looks like they got a pretty challenging regional. Yeah, people are really high on Clemson, those that have, and we'll see if that's an Oklahoma State-Clemson collision course. That would be fun there. Florida State, Missouri, the two uh, the two, you know, top 16 seeds in the bottom regionals here. I don't think Florida State's having any problem versus Missouri. To me, they're uh, one of the true juggernauts. Can I tell you something? I would not be surprised if Florida State is pushed to an elimination game. I would not be surprised at all. Remember the name Georgina Corrick. Unbelievable. Leads the NCAA with 407 strikeouts. She's good. She could be a problem. Problem is they can't score any runs. So there you go. There's a quick look at every regional but the Norman Regional, which we'll talk about next. Hey, let's wrap up Hour 2 with True Sooner. Uh, hit up the airline. Good Lord, I'm a mess today. Let's hit up the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution. Line, what's up, True? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? Oh, oh good. I got two things real quick for you. I was going to say, I don't think St. Nick is uh, is void of any any problems. I think I think he he does kind of come out. I, I see I see bad things with both with both uh, you know things that happened in the last couple of days, but. I think that he uh, he does kind of look like a little kid throwing his feet down and kicking at some point because uh, he didn't get his way, you know. And I know it's I know it's calculated and all that kind of stuff, but it's not a it's not a great look for him either. I don't think, um, and it's and it's equally bad for for you know for Jimbo Fish. You know, it's just bad for him too. It's just a bad look. Uh, but it's kind of fun this time of year to have this kind of stuff. You know, when we're you know oh absolutely. We, we use, when usually we have, you know, if you were a tree, what kind of a tree would you be type uh, questions. So it's kind of nice to have a little spice in there. But I was going to say real quick, I know you're, I know you're up against it. I was going to say on the, on the OU regional, it's going to be super interesting. Have, have they said who's, who's starting tonight? Is it going to be, uh, I'm, I'm assuming hope. No, they haven't said, but I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming hope. Yeah. Well, do they, do they trust 
May enough to start her tomorrow. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, I'm glad they. Are. I'm glad they do. But I was just curious. I was like, man, I, you know I what though? They... I, I think there's a part of me where it wouldn't surprise me if you saw them both tonight. Maybe a couple innings of Maine, a couple of innings of Hope, and then hopefully you're out of there in five. Maybe you can even let Macy throw a little bit, see if she can get open or get open, get some confidence going. Because, like I've said, right. many times she's got nasty stuff. She just needs to work on her control. She does. I, I, it almost, I almost would throw her tonight to really get that confidence going. Because, you know. Someone brought that up on the – and i got to run, True. Someone All brought right. that up we'll on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'll see you, bud. I, I, I know I, – I've said this a lot. By this point in the season, you are who you are. I mean, you have, you have a pitcher that hasn't pitched since probably March, if not even February. But yet it's intriguing because it's not as if she hasn't been working. It's not as if she hasn't been preparing. I mean – Coach Gasso in the in the the Sunday regional championship game last year started a pitcher that hadn't started in a year almost. I mean, it's just she doesn't care. Who can help you win? We'll hear from Patty next. Plus, our buddy Gary Cavins checks in as we are on locations at Cavins Construction on a Friday with the Plank Show.